0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Eyes of the
1: Mice. My name is John. That's Ian. Hello. I know I used to want to but I don't care. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, belated happy Thanksgiving. For those of you in the States, because Canada, yours was like a month and a half ago. A month ago? ago? Yeah. That was, that was in
0: October. We were still in Halloween mode.
1: A hot minute.
0: <laughs> it's been a
1: while. That's, it's, that's a desert bus ago. Who cares? Yeah, well, we did have an episode in between there, too. Also that. Uh, but yeah, today is uh, December
0: 3rd. We're recording episode 134, Give Me Loots or Give Me
1: Scoots. I had no part in this naming. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I, I'm very much like, nope, wasn't me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we're going to talk a
1: little bit about the
0: Pioneer banding because there was a lot of action this Monday. Much like we expected, there was no action the previous Monday. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, a topic that's been on the tip of my tongue for a while, and I kind of wanted to get it off my chest—not enough for a seething song or anything like that, but just a little something to be like, listen. But also, uh, before we do that, we're turning our eyes to the community real fast. Uh, first up, we've been getting a lot of polls recently about taking a mulligan in 2019, and
1: I no, I'm not. I I'm kind of like I get like it was we we cover t- we covered that one episode. And that's fine. But I'm just like, I'm not taking a mulligan, but it's a very risky keep kind of thing in that 2019 definitely. I mean, and they talked about this too, is that it's going to dictate, we're going to start seeing more powerful cards going forward. I think, I honestly think that like for a while, Wizards was kind of operating with its hand tied behind its back when it came to standard design in that they were very afraid to use a standard ban. And then once like, the whole Kaladesh energy stuff yeah. started happening and bans were absolutely necessary, then the gloves were off. It's like, all right, fine. We'll just make some cards. If we make a couple mistakes, we're going to make a couple mistakes, but we're going to push power levels and see how it goes. Yeah. I'll say this. Stop it with the free mana.
0: Yeah. Free spells, as is known by all magic players, are
1: too good. Free 95 is always going to be broken. Basically, like, it was broken in the case of Kataxian Probe. It's broken in the case of Once Upon a Time. Yeah. It's also, I'd like to technically say broken, quote unquote, in the case of stuff like Mystic Sanctuary as well. The fact that you can basically loop spells for just fetching a land. Like, come on. To be fair, that is not free. There is a distinct deck building
0: cost as well as play cost and associated in playing Mystic Sanctuary. You have to but play an island or have a couple of other You have other to play three out. other islands.
1: Yeah, but by the time you're like... The time you have three islands out, like, and you're disabled. The number of times away, I've seen a ETB tapped Mystic Sanctuary is higher than you may believe. Yeah, you're not playing older formats then.
0: <laughs> I am. <Yeah. laughs> Anyways, uh, other things uh, Mythic Championship 7 is this weekend. I believe it is in LA um, Standard on Arena. Should be a fun event. Hopefully, well, thankfully, no Oko. So we'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, and then also, literally, like, Ten minutes before we started recording, uh, the Judge promos for the Judge Academy, which if you are interested in hearing my feelings on it, go listen to the episode Welcome to Judge Flicks, uh, released their uh, promos, which are going to be Spellseeker, Demonic Tutor, Gamble, and Enlightened Tutor.
1: Yeah, these uh arts are really, really gorgeous. However, one of them is creepy as heck, man. The new Demonic Tutor we're getting. It's... Probably one of the creepiest magic cards when you pair it with the flavor text we've had in a very long time.
0: That is true. Maybe it's since very the, uh, very Inastradi.
1: What since the twins? The uh the, the children Twins of
0: Mauer Estate?
1: No, the ones who are dead.
0: Oh, the Blessed Blessed Children.
1: Yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah, the ones that are like ghosts and spirits and stuff.
0: Yeah. The, the demonic tutor arc shows a little girl holding a doll and she's kinda like smiling at it, and the flavor text is Mama says it's
1: just, it's my imagination, but I know you'd never lie to me. If you look closely at the doll's face, though, if, if you go to the link of the judge thing, you get a bigger picture of the doll's face and its eyes are black with like kind of like the weird drippy things coming from the, yeah, nope, it's, it's full of nope for me. <laughs> nope,
0: been... nope, 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 no, no. no. straight up. Basically. Uh, also, they have their own little mascot, Archie the Owl. Uh, which is used as the watermark and the set symbol. And based on the photos, it's very prominent. Let's hope that it's more in line with the other foils with um,
1: watermarks on them. I think it will be. It's just, it's very hard to show how foiling comes across on cards with certain things, especially when you're doing like not actual pictures of the cards, but mock-ups of the foil kind of thing, I guess is what it looks like. Sure, so sure. I'm just going to chalk it up to it being a... Digital version of it, so we'll see how it goes. But I'm pretty yeah. sure it's fine.
0: Anyways, let's hit the ground running and talk about the Pioneer Band announcement because they really dropped the hammer after this two weekends of pp of PTQs and other major events. Uh, they laid the hammer down on a couple of cards that people expected. Uh, that people were just like, "This card needs to go. This card's annoying to play against. What have you?" Let's start with the one. That I went in standard to much rejoicing once upon a time is now gone in Pioneer.
1: So once upon a time is the one in a green.
0: What do you mean? It's free.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's free some of the time, but it's one in a green rare instant. If this spell is the first spell you've cast this game, you may cast it without paying its mana cost, a.k.a. free. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a creature or land card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. This card was just utterly being busted in standard and in uh, these pioneer decks. And this is what Ian Duke and RD was saying: is that like basically when you're able to very much hit your turn one like essential drop for free you can keep a hand with like one land and once upon a time because odds are you're probably going to find your second land or a mana dork or something like that in that top five. So yeah, it's the
0: same reason that uh, it it got axed in pioneer um, now granted in standard or not in pioneer in standard in standard, you're dealing with a smaller card pool. The power level of this card is more heavily accentuated because you know, you're looking at in the, in those oko decks you're looking at, you know, if I have a land, then I just need to find a goose. And if I have the goose and I need to find a land, you know, it's just whatever. It's just really, really not, not a fun card to play against. And it's yeah. not really great to play with, which is why I – which is why – and I understand and appreciate that Once Upon a Time had to get the axe there.
1: Yeah, and in and in Pioneer, it's – there's eight mana elves. Well, you, you've yeah. been playing eight of them. Uh, four Elvish Mystic, four war Elf. So you're guaranteed, like – And with the London Mulligan, you're almost essentially guaranteed going to six. You're going to have a hand where you're going to have a land, an elf, and a once upon a time. And just start. you can find your three
0: drop, depending on what your three drop of choice is. Whether it's something like Steel Leaf Champion or some of the other powerful three mana green cards. Because that's why Elvis Mystic was not printed for a while. So that Wizards could kind of push the pedal to the metal a little bit on uh, three mana green cards. But other card... That got the Axe, which to literally no one's surprise was Field of the Dead. It got the Bandit Standard. There just aren't the tools in Pioneer to deal with it either.
1: Yeah, it the, the reasoning give my R&D was that it's suppressing, controlling, and reactive decks. Basically, ramp kind of style decks or ones that would fetch up lands with a circuitous root or... Oh, God, what's the Hour of Promise? Hour of Promise. Yeah, you could basically just go grab these lands and then get a bunch of zombies and just playing lands after a certain point, you were literally just going off on. Uh, So Field of the Dead, by the way, is land rare from M20, enters battlefield tapped, taps to add a diamond colorless mana. Whenever Field of the Dead or another land enters the battlefield under your control, if you control seven or more lands with different names, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. So you can have Field of the Dead be your seventh card, another Field of the Dead be your eighth card, and then every other land is making two, two, two zombies after that. And basically it would shut out control decks or decks yeah, that decks. weren't. Yeah. Basically if you weren't, if you weren't trying to kill your opponent by turn six or seven, your opponent was getting killed the dead out and already having like five or six zombies out. And it was just going to overpower if, And if you didn't them. have
0: evasion to get over the zombies as well, it was just kind of pointless yeah. to try to, you know, fight them. Like Legion's End is not a great answer to all the zombies. Because uh, They just rebuild, also, re,
1: they rebuild with lands and stuff like that. Plus, also p- things that people were mentioning, too, is that it's on a land, and we don't have a lot of good land hate right now. There is yeah, the, uh, Field of the Dead, or not Field of the Dead. Um, field of Ruin. Field of Ruin, the other field card. But, there's
0: Alpine Moon, there's Blood Sun, but at the same time, like none of these are as good as Blood Moon. And also, the decks that were playing these are, a surprise, green decks. And what do green decks have plenty of? Enchantment removal and other stuff. So,
1: another thing is another thing you need to think about too is with Field of the Dead. If you're trying to Field of Ruin it and you target it, but your opponent has another Field of the Dead on the battlefield, you literally just gave them two more lands, or or you're giving them them another zombie. Yeah, it's just it it spiraled out of control. It's a great card, but yeah, sorry, sorry if you were a fan of Field of the Dead in Pioneer, but kind of had to go was and here's the big thing like
0: i was talking with my roommate doug about it and like the like the decks got to play field of the dead and literally all of their spells could just be interaction they didn't need to you know play any sort of like win condition they could just play like the teferi time raveler they could play oko they could play whatever and then this this land that they could just play for free would just continually get them more and more and more results another thing field of the dead is, you know, it was put in standard for Scapeshift, and it did its thing with Scapeshift, and it was very good at it. But it's very different from the previous Scapeshift kill card for, in modern of Valakit, because Valakit has a very specific requirement. You have to play mountains. Yeah. Field of the Dead has a much looser requirement of you just have to play a bunch of lands with different names. And when all of your lands are still tapping for the mana you need, and they're just doing different things, then it's not really that big of a drawback. Uh, yeah, when you're, the other when thing you're, when you're field- not
1: being punished by. Deck constraints, and you're literally just doing something that you would want to do in magic anyway, which is hit your land drops. It's just way too, yeah, egregiously. I wouldn't say overpowered, but compared to yeah, what, but like, compared to what everyone else is doing, it's just egregiously over the top.
0: And another thing, you know, most of the best, you know, scapeshift decks in modern were playing red for Valakit, and they were playing like zero red spells. They were a blue green deck that just happened to play like eight mountains. Because that's how many they needed in order to, for the valkyr kill to work.
1: Oh yeah, they would, um, they would play stomping grounds and yeah, stomping
0: grounds, steam vents, steam vents yeah, a couple, uh, a couple
1: actual mountains just in case. Yeah.
0: And then also the best thing about Field of the Dead is that it turned Hour of Promise into just a strictly better
1: Grave Titan. Oh yeah, that was that's the real gross <laughs> thing because <laughs> Hour of Promise on its own when it's that late in the game is generating its own uh, yeah lands because well. you would play a few
0: deserts for for value.
1: Oh, yeah, well, because it's different la- named lands. You would be playing yeah. uh, the green ones. I can't remember the names of them.
0: It's like you play like Desert of the Indomitable. You would play uh, Desert of the Mindful. Ah, here we go. I found
1: You'd it probably play,
0: play Hash Up Oasis. Uh, maybe if-, if new Rivulet, maybe you don't really need it, though. Yeah, that's your... here. Uh, you can play Chef at Dune so that your zombies beat your
1: opponent's zombies. If you're playing the mirror. This is yeah. I'm actually looking at an hour promise deck that's not even really running a de- desert package, which is weird. Well, that's
0: again, this is field of the dead was your desert.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's, all, it's the
0: only card you wanted to get.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's definitely a case of it needed to go. Now, here's a Golgari one that's running Hash Up Oasis and other ones like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah When when you start be, trying to
0: determine what's the best field deck between like Golgari, Bant, whatever, you've kind of you've you've become too good. Um, and then the last card that got banned is one that uh, I didn't want to see banned, but I recognize its time was probably very limited, and that is the looter scooter itself. Smuggler's copter got hit with the ban hammer in Pioneer.
1: Yeah, mono black mon, yeah, mono black aggro had basically become the default best deck over the last like week or so, and that deck was just very resilient, very, for lack of a better term, very aggro. <laughs>
0: It was very aggressive. It was very recursive. Uh, it was the- definitely the best Muggler's Copter deck. I think I saw that as a headline on an SCG article. I forget who initially wrote it. Uh, I think it might have been Ross Merriam, actually. Uh, but yeah, being able to, you know, loot away your Bloodsoak Champion and raid it back, being able to loot away your Scrappy Scrounger be able to get it back, being able to loot away just these recursive threats. And even make that discard, you know, side of Smuggler's Copter less of a drawback than before is just really, really powerful. And the card itself is just really, really good. I mean, I've ranted before on how they could have changed the numbers on Smuggler's Copters in so many different ways, and it would not have been as oppressive as it was in Standard, and it wouldn't have been as oppressive as this in in, Mo- in Pioneer as well. And the other big thing is, you know, if you're trying to hit Mono Black, you there's nothing else in that deck I think you can hit aside from Smuggler's Copter to really take the, the wind out of its sails. There's an argument for Thoughtseize, but I think that Thoughtseize is just going to be too important in keeping some of the unfair
1: decks in check. I, yeah, because so. it's just super powerful. Yeah, so I think that as much as people are trying to be like, "Oh, why is this? Why is this Smuggler's Copter dying for you know Thoughtseize's sins?" It's like, well, here's the thing, though. Like that Thoughtseize is a very important piece of interaction that Wizards wants to exist in this format. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they wanted to, but it needs to. Yeah, it needs. Well, it, they. I. I'm assuming one, it I should clarify wanted to in this case being it's a, a, an essential check valve on potential combo where yeah. there it need the combo decks need to have a natural black based predator deck or a deck where it can use thoughtseize and bring in duress out of the sideboard to have the eight hand attack so it this combo doesn't get too far out of hand. It's The push and pull of magic, as it has always been, in terms of hey, what's the power level? Which kind of levers do we need to pull, and who's going to be in you know on top and everything like that? It really just—I don't—I would be incredibly surprised if Thoughtseize gets banned in the next year. I would too. Like maybe it might someday down the road, but I would just be beyond. I mean, I'd be shocked if it was. To be honest, like it, I don't think yeah. it. It's powerful. Yes. Is it the most uh, played card in Pioneer outside of basic lands? Yes. Does that mean that it is breaking the format in a way that it needs to be banned? I say no. I did
0: love that image you sent me of like ah yes the five basic lands mountain <laughs> swamp island thought seas plains
1: no it wasn't even plains or it was, forest yeah it was forest because plains is like the sixth or seventh <laughs> card on the list. Planes uh, was the sixth card on the list, but yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, um, so like, then, so I've, I'm gonna actually bring this up, though. Uh, Matt Sperling, say what you will about him on Channel Fireball, had a really had a nice little article about what do the bands mean for the future Pioneer, and he brought up the fact that uh, Thoughtsease is a Legacy card hanging out, hiding out in Pioneer, so it can't be that safe. Yes, it is very much a Legacy level level power card. We also have Legacy level power cards in other things like Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time, but it's how the format is going to keep on evolving and such. Yeah. that will dictate whether or not Thoughtseize might get hit, Nykthos might get hit. Um, and he brings up combo piece like Lotus Field because there's that weird combo deck. Oh, that Lotus Field deck looks so sweet. Remember what its Gwynn is? I saw some. So
0: the wing. So the one that I saw, it's like a blue green uh, Lotus Field deck. You play Arboreal Grazer, Gross Spiral. You play a bunch of ramp cards. Uh, you eventually put a Lotus Field in play. You play uh, Vizier of the tumbling sands which the important text of it is one is cycling for one in the blue and when you cycle it you may untap or tap tar- you may untap target permanent. so you untap your lotus field to make a bunch of mana. Uh, then you land omniscience. And then you have four gift, you have four, right. uh, Fae of Wishes in, in the, in the deck. And then you gift, you, you cast Granted to go get your win conditions of either like Embercal the Promised in Jace Wilder of Mysteries, uh, Ugin the Spirit Dragon, or whatever your, right. whatever your win condition you to grab, shore is. You grab
1: our, you grab, a what's it called? Enter the Infinite, draw your deck, play your yeah. win cons and just win. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, so that's how that deck wins. It's really, really cool. I watched. I don't play, think going to very play long. The
1: other day, when I realized, I'm like, "Oh, this is this deck. This is pretty sweet." And it was. It actually yeah. cooked off. It was like really kind of cool. But yeah.
0: Uh, the, also, one last note on Smuggler's Copter. If you un- unironically say that Smuggler's Copter died for Night Market Lookout sins, please leave.
1: <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing: Smuggler's Copter is an. Overly pushed card. I get it. You're like there are people who are very, very much so, and I feel for you. Sad that smuggler's copter is gone. Me. It needed to go in this format, though. Again, this is an oko case where literally any number on that card gets changed in any way, shape, or form, and it's probably okay if it was a two mana crew for two. That was a three three. That's pushing it, but probably not as broken. If it's a two mana crew two or crew one two two, okay, that's not nearly as bad. But the fact that it was a two mana crew one three three with and in this format, there's very limited removal for a Smuggler's Copter, but uh, there's the a lot fact, of it. You, there's more than you think. Yeah, but the fact that it loots on attack or blocks is where it really is just like all right, no, that's that's a little too much. Yeah,
0: I've I've said my case before. I'll just repeat it. I think it could be fine as a two mana. 3-2, two, Crew-2.
1: Two. Yeah, that'd be with the loot. Yeah, with, with the loot on attacks and blocks. And blocks, okay. I mean, some people are saying drop the block thing. But yeah, obviously this is something we... Looter Scooter argument has gone on, went on in standard and stuff like that. But...
0: Yeah, we're, we're not going to rehash all of that. But yeah, the fact that Smuggler's Copter is gone makes me sad, but I understand why. Because, like, I played a couple of games of that Mono Black deck, and I got under... I drew over half of my deck. I outdrew a control deck
1: with Mono Black. Like it was ridiculous how good the card is. Yeah, the card was so a bit ubiquitous that it was literally a four of in an aggro deck. And if you weren't yeah. playing four of, you had to have a damn good reason why you were not playing four smuggler copter in your aggro deck. And that is, and I will say, that is the kind of thing that pushes a card to get banned is when it literally is eating up and becomes a mandatory four of in any kind of deck list, regardless of how it's built. It's like, oh, are you actually attacking your opponent? You're playing for Smuggler's Copter. If you're not, you're doing it wrong.
0: I mean, I still want my Smuggler's Copters, but I understand. Um, Another thing, uh, what
1: was I thinking of? (laughs) I forgot. So Thoughts are slippery little devils. Nah, that's good. I I do want to bring up stuff that they brought up at the end of the thing, too, in terms of the rapid iteration of the ban list. People are- Yes, that's what I was thinking People are very much upset of like, oh man, I bought these cards and now they're like- Already getting stuff banned out from under me. This stinks, and all this stuff. It's like they told us when they first announced this format, straight up that this was going to have a lot of bans early on. The fact that if you were going into like I, the one thing I was saying during our are uh, now wildly out of date, and thank God for that. Honestly, a uh, band guest episode <laughs> very obsolete as well. Oh my God, I'm I'm actually very happy that we we completely messed up on it because. We were right on a couple of things, but we're wrong on a whole bunch of other things. And I'm happy with that, because honestly, like that shows that the format is going in places that we didn't see, and that's great. So, um, no, they told us off the bat, hey, there's going to be rapid ban lists. We might have a ban every week. It might not be every week, but it could be every week. It just depends on how the meta goes. Um, They told us also early on, this was apparently supposed to just be a magic online thing only, but the fact that everyone's like, holy crap, a new format. Let's do this, brought the paper game in early, which led to all sorts of these like feel bads for people. It If it had gone how Wizards had originally wanted it to, you know, you would have had magic online be your only issue of like, oh man, I got bought out of a card kind of thing like that and not had to worry about the paper game. But again, there's some other things too that kind of uh, Matt Sperling brought up just a little bit too, how... Yes, it's it's very good that the metagame has evolved and they let it breathe and they let it move through and go through these iterations and all that kind of stuff. But there was no possible way for the current play design team and the R&D team being like, here's a new format, go make a ban list. The fact that they're like, we're just going to ban the fetches and then fix it on the fly was the absolute smartest idea for a team that was probably already getting pushed to its limit in terms yeah. of...
0: And also, you know, look at it this way. If they were going to come up with a ban list before announcing the format that wasn't just the Fetchlands, we wouldn't have Dig Through Time. We wouldn't have Treasure Cruise. We wouldn't have Smuggler's Copter to begin with. We wouldn't have Emrakul, the Eons Torn. We probably wouldn't even have Reflector Mage. You know, we wouldn't have a lot of these other cards that are just perfectly fair in this format as of right now. You know, we just had a recent ban, so we'll see how the format kind of shakes out in the next couple of weeks but you know this format is maybe this is the place where treasure cruise can live. <laughs> maybe this is the place where dig through time can be a fair card. You know, I, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how things pl- how things play out from here.
1: Yeah, I honestly think that dig through time probably has the most potential out of dig through time versus cruise of getting a ban first because get cruise is just sure. literally sorcery speed draw three cards. I mean, obviously when for, you- for, for for one blue mana, but but yeah, when you but when you pair it up with you know three fairy it can, you know, get a little broken and bust though, but we're going to go either, yeah. either here nor there on that one as well. Um, yeah. But no, it's definitely, I don't know how to really kind of put how I think it's like, I have only purchased cards for pioneer. I've really wanted to brew one I didn't really, I didn't have the time, but I've really wanted to brew, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let the people who, um, who have the time to throw all this mess against the wall, see what sticks and you know what, let the bans come and all this kind of good stuff I was 35 or $36 away from basically finishing out the early builds of Phoenix decks, so I was like F it, I'll spend 30 thirty bucks to just get the rest of the the Phoenix deck, just in case that somewhere down the line a ban cycle hits where all of a sudden Phoenix becomes a good deck and everyone starts buying the pieces for it, I'm not priced out of you know what I could have just bought for 35 bucks. like, heck yeah. I, when Oko got banned two weeks ago I've already missed its drop and it's already spiked back up and past where it was. It's now more expensive than it was before it was banned. It's like I I don't know what to say. I'm I'm sad because I want it I need two for modern.
0: Oh is pick,
1: loco. Yeah, I need to do I do need to pick up the uh Once Upon a Times though, while they're kind of in a little bit of a lower state for uh Modern and Legacy. So well that's dropped down to below ten bucks a card. So that's that's it's probably prime time to pick those up, but but yeah, if you're you can play Field of the Dead in Modern. I think some Scapeshift Shift decks were playing it. Titan Shift, those kind of things were rolling mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, um, it's a nice
0: alternative win con to uh, develop it. Yeah.
1: Oh, I forgot. We should also mention too. Like, kind of, that's, that's about it for Pioneer, though, right? Yeah. We should mention uh, the the oh god, what are they called? The secret layers. <laughs> yeah, secret <laughs> layers. There
0: are these. So I think there's a lot of confusion over what secret layers are um because secret layers wizards has said you know this is this thing but the things that we're seeing right now are these secret layers drop series these are not the baseline secret layers like i think i saw an evan Irwin tweet about how these should just be a loot box it's a monthly subscription and i'm willing to bet that that's exactly what secret layers is but not secret layers drops which is what this is uh but basically wizards is selling boxes of magic cards that are foil or non-foil with special art treatments and sometimes you get a play set. Sometimes you get singles. Some of them are really cool. Some of them are a little unimpressive. Um, I know that I'm thinking about getting two of them myself. I don't know about you, Ian. Which ones? Uh, I'm going to get, I think, Restless in Peace and
1: then uh, Seeing Visions. The Seeing Vision one is really cool. So that one is the basically it's four different arts of Serum Visions. Uh, there is the Bitter Bloom, Bitter Blossom one that came out today so as of recording you're as if you're hearing this already you're probably already too late to pick up the bitter bl- the bitter blossom one yes uh, i think it's what bitter blossom i don't have the name in front of me but basically you get one Stand by. you get one copy I'll, I'll talk for this but you get one copy of a f- non-foil full art bitter blossom and four tokens that have associated art that make a, a quintitch i guess you could call it because you know you have a diptych and a trip pent- uh pentitch. Pentitch? okay like pentitch. p like uh yeah, pen- yeah. Pent- it's a uh, bitter blossom dreams yeah so it's five it's like basically an artwork that can go five five across and it kind of flows together with the the tokens and the bitter blossom itself so yep. uh there, do you have the other ones up too yes All right, uh
0: wonderland is a cycle of Five Snowlands featuring Throne of Eldraine setting as well as other things. They are not full art, but they are foil. Restless in Peace fe- features a triptych of Bloodghast, uh, Life from the
1: Loam, and Golgari Thug, those pictures, which is really those nice. actually go Thug, uh, Loam, and then Loam. Lo- right. I know Loam's in the middle. But yeah, left to right. It's, it's yes. Yeah. Golgari Thug, Loam, Bloodgast. Uh,
0: Restless in Peace is non foil. Seeing Visions is a playset of four foil serum uh, visions with different, very esoteric arts. Uh, next is Explosion Sounds, which is five. I think they're non foil goblins with kind of more cartoony art. Uh, it's Goblin King, Goblin Lackey, Goblin Pile Driver, Goblin Sharpshooter, and
1: Goblin uh, Bushwhacker. Yeah, I think they're either uh, all non foil or just the King is foil and the rest are non. Yeah. Either way. Uh,
0: next is. Yeah. Yeah. Next is Kaleidoscope Killers, which is uh, three Wooburg commanders, Reaper King, the Ur Dragon, and Sliver Overlord, each with the same art style. Uh, very, uh, very rainbowy. Very tight. Ie. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, uh, which these are also coming out each day. You have 24 hours limit of 10 per person. Uh, you also uh, turns out based on uh, how some of the openings have gone. Of the you could you yesterday you could have bought or on December second you could have bought all of them. For uh, two hundred dollars, and there have been stained glass planeswalkers for more of the spark in these. So you might get some of those or one of those at random in there. Awesome we uh, the last yeah. the last one is OMG Kitties, uh, which has two cat tokens and then five cards featuring cats uh, with very very cute uh, ill ill proportioned art uh, art of cats, which is Regal Regal Caracal, Landon War Leader, uh, Kasali Slingers. Uh, Miri Weatherlight Duelist, and
1: Arabo War of the Wild. Yeah, the Arabo card has Ben Wheeler. Uh, preeminent, I don't know what everyone would call them, Eggs, Lands. <laughs> preeminent, preeminent pilot yeah, preeminent, of, of Highlander. Yeah, preeminent pilot of preeminent decks in Highlander, or Canadian Highlander, uh, wanting to build a kiddies EDH deck just because of that Arabo art. And I'm like, good job, Wizards. You're doing good on that one. Uh, but yeah, yeah, with that whole thing with the stained glass, stained glass Planeswalkers, I'm pretty sure they'd mentioned that they weren't going to print those kind of things. I don't know where they said that. There was an article that said I am... something about, like, they might not see print. They were, it was the article showing off the stained glass arts. Uh... I saw a quote in there saying it wouldn't see. Pr- they might not see print. Well, they said might not see, Well, I don't anyways, know if it was we'll not the... see print or might not see print. But either way, they, they kind of threw everyone for a loop. Because uh, what Wizards did, and by the way, this is an amazing uh, social media push they did. Basically, they said, hey, if you've bought this already at this time of day, like the sales have been going on for like three, four hours. Like, hey, if you bought this from us already and you live in the Seattle Seattle area, my assumption would have been like downtown to maybe I would have said a 30 to 40 minute radius around Renton, their headquarters is there. So I technically would have fallen in that radius if I had been down at JBLM. But they said, hey, if you ordered this, and you message us. We're literally heading out the door in like the next 15 minutes. We have like six copies of this ready to go to deliver to your door right now. And they delivered yeah. it to Ifro, who now lives there because Athena works at Wizards. I delivered it to uh, Marshall. Marshall. And a couple other people. And that's where we all got to see that they did in fact have these stained glass planeswalkers. Uh, it's a random assortment, it seems like. They could, yes, it's not set. People couldn't really suss out if there was any kind of give or take. Uh, we did see a lot of Ajani's get pulled. Uh, a couple of theme. The-
0: I think there's a loose theme of like the Tamio. I think Marshall showed it came in the Restless in Peace. Uh, someone said that Ajani came in the OMG Kitties. Uh, so I think Bullis. that there is a
1: loose. Yeah, both came in the clothes Pillars.
0: In- yeah, I think there's a loose assortment. I don't think that there's a like set in stone.
1: Um, Regardless of how this goes, I think it's a cool little extra perk that would help you know spike potential interest in the sets. But people are also saying also hey,
0: a lot of people are yeah a lot of people are thinking that this is one of the upcoming
1: secret layers. Well, another thing is too is that they could also just basically say, hey, here's the deal. Uh, don't what was it gonna go for? Yeah, I'm gonna lose my train of thought too today. No, uh, basically. Don't purchase these if you want just the walkers because you're not going to necessarily get the walker you want. You yeah. could get it. It's a free roll. Again, if you want a particular card, don't go crack packs. Don't go buy a booster box and crack packs to get cards. Only degenerates who are trying to find cards for high level tournaments who, are like, oh God, I need this uncommon from two sets ago that. You need a playset of Serum Vision stat. Or it's like, hey, or no, I'm not. Even I'm talking like just cracking a booster box. Like, hey, don't go cracking yeah, a that booster boxes unless you need some random jank common that you know vendors aren't going to carry with you but it just so yeah, happens if, to if you break want your, nerza, it just happens to break your sideboard somehow and you found the nut interaction there you go yeah. that's the only time you if should ever do it is if you're have the ability to burn through cards like that don't go cracking packs for singles go purchase them yeah
0: like if you want if you want nerza don't buy a box of modern horizons
1: i mean granted, granted your value might be decent on the return but yeah regardless Either way, but yeah, that's what Secret Lara's. It came out. The stuff information came out last week when we were taking our week off for the holiday. But now let's get on to the big topic, kind of to close out the show. Yeah, our second half. Uh, the, Go, John. Yeah, the second
0: half kickoff is being received. But anyways, um, so this uh, this is a topic that I've thought about a lot, and it kind of goes into the same mindset that I think uh, magic players sometimes get lost in. Um, and that's kind of deck elitism, um, and I, I kind of want to explain what I mean by deck elitism. It's pretty. It's I think it's pretty self explanatory. But you know what? What deck elitism isn't is you know you you go up to a standard tournament a couple weeks ago and be and you go up to your buddy and you go like, man, I don't want to play the Oko Mirror today. It's not you know going up to the, going up to a modern tournament and being like, I see a lot of Tron. My Tron matchup is really bad. Or, you know, going up into, you know, going to a draft and you draft your deck and you go, these aggro decks are going to be really bad to play against. That's not what decolitism is. To, to me, decolitism is something along the lines of, why are you playing that Oko deck? It's mindless to pilot. You just play Goose into Oko and then you win the game. It's, you know, why <laughs> aggro decks don't take any skill to play um or so you know all you do with tron is you mulligan until you get your tron pieces and then you win the game from there it's it's a noob deck like, it's super easy
1: burn all you do is just you know cast like f- 10 lightning bolts you have no skill to it. it's like bro have you ever tried playing a burn deck yeah. it's not easy yeah. and you know this kind of also dovetails
0: a little nicely into you know this idea of you know your your deck is you know quote unquote your deck is cancer or whatever as someone who's had cancer that's not really appropriate and uh There's-
1: trust me there's a whole bevy of terms like for instance calling things cancer there's way better terminology to say something sucks you could even say it sucks Mm -hmm. straight up yeah like yeah don't call it cancer because that's just i'm not gonna say it's ableist terms because that's not exactly what it is but it's definitely a case of straight up has very negative connotations it should not be used to describe things unless it's like actually cancer Yes, the yeah, whole yeah, cancer con- is whole, a now. It is not negligible. The whole connotation of why they're saying, "Oh, this is cancer," gives a thing of like, "Oh, this is something bad. It needs to be excised and removed." Not yep. necessarily how this needs to be played off as. I got to say, this is kind of fun. Funnily enough, the deck elitism technically not is not bannable mm-hmm. under terms of certain Twitch chats I'm mod in. Not going to name yeah. exactly which ones, but they're pretty preeminent. So you can actually yeah. say this deck is trash and stuff like that and it won't it's not bannable i have you know very much an issue and have brought this up in chat about that or in our personal mod chats about that but here's the thing just because it's not bannable doesn't mean it's not rude yeah it's seriously just straight up decorum of don't be a jerk i'll say this it's the whole john you mentioned the tron thing right yeah how everyone's like oh Tron always has it. Tron players are trash, you know, because they're always just going to play this deck that they're always There's gonna...
0: literally a meme of wow. Bleep Tron.
1: Yeah. And it got so bad to the point where people were like, I've been playing Tron for years now and I have to feel like I have, I feel like I have to apologize for playing the deck that I play just because it's a good deck and it does stuff. It's not my fault kind of thing, but I'm sorry and it's like, no, no, no. People shouldn't have to be apologizing for it. I, I have been guilty of apologizing for the fact that or not necessarily apologizing for because I don't play Modern Tron, but you darn sure right that at, at times I've been like, oh, Tron played I'm like, what? Well, no, 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 not Tron. But now Tron is even like the enemy. This was like a couple years ago when Tron was just like, well, look at it. It's doing its weird little thing and it got all this mana and oops, it just rolling thundered you out of the game. Got him. But now it's like one of the bogeyman of the format. So yeah, I, I feel like I have to apologize there too, but oops. Yeah. I mean, I just happened to pick a deck that is good and because I wanted to yeah. win. Like, that's the the, the craziest part. That or the, the part that just boggles my mind is people are playing to win, right? Tron is a good deck. It has a great chance to win. And certain times in the metagame, it's one of the best decks in the format. Why would you not want to win? Like, that's... Yeah. You're literally trashing a deck that somebody's put their hard earned money in or just their money, period, into purchasing the cards, or maybe they borrowed it off of a friend and are just
0: and they put in the time and the effort. It's just, yeah, you it, insult- the Main reason it's bad, in my opinion, is that you know, you could have someone who's new to a format, who's new to magic, they're picking up a deck for the first time and they're playing it, and you say that, you know, you just say derisively, that deck is silly, it's so easy to play they could to be having a really tough time trying to learn how to play the deck. You just alienated somebody who was who was enjoying Magic, and now suddenly they have they don't want to play Magic anymore.
1: And that's on you. Another thing too, you can think of not just you in your local game store, but say you're on Magic Twitter, and you. So I can't give good examples of some of the bigger name pros that have done this, but you know you start getting down towards the SCG grinder levels and other stuff like that, or it might be preeminent magic you know people on twitter and you see them dropping these like Ftron and f this and that deck is trash and that deck is cancer and blah 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 and then all of a sudden you're like is this the kind of community that i want to be in and we might even lose them as a player entirely where it's like, yeah. hey, that deck's oh, okay, not that one. I'm gonna play this deck. Oh, they also think that's bad. What about the? No, they don't like. They don't like amulet. Okay, <laughs> turns out all decks are bad. Yeah. All decks are bad. Every deck has bad, good matchups and bad matchups. Unless, Magic unless is you're OP playing, please unless nerf. you're playing uh, hashtag no bad matchups. Uh, Grix's Death Shadow, and that's a meme <laughs> in itself.
0: Yeah, and then like another thing is that you know you you're just setting arbitrary rules for what you think is an easy deck and a hard deck because all decks, all style of decks, all pilots have different difficult areas of what you need to do and and have different learning curves. Like I will agree that burn is a much easier deck to learn to get to a, a like baseline competency level. However, that then then you get into the stage of well, how do I master this deck? You know, and I am someone who loves myself an aggro deck. You know, I love playing my Bowman Couriers, turning them sideways, killing my opponent on turn five. But like in Eternal, which is you know one of the digital card games that I'm a pretty big fan of, um, I've played every style of deck in that in that system. I've played mid range decks, I've played aggro decks, I've played control decks. They all have their own different things that make them interesting and good. And you know, to th- and like one of the big things that really gets my goat is when people say about aggro decks. There's no decisions to be make to be made. That is false to an insane degree. You know, let's say that there are a hundred points of you know importance that are put into a match of Magic or put into a match of any strategy card game. You know, if you're playing a control deck, those imp- those points of importance are going to be more spread out. I would say yeah. until you manage to find the point where you turn the corner. You know, maybe that that's turn five. Maybe that's turn twenty. But at some point you're going to put a lot of those points on that turn 10 to 15, 10 to 20, where you turn the corner and win the game. Yeah. And I can, whereas if you're in an aggro deck, you're going to put 50 points on turn two and turn three to basically be like, you need to stop me. Otherwise you're dead.
1: Yeah. And I've had cases like, and I brought it up on the podcast when doing like reviews of my tournaments and stuff where I have been like basically give an example of a game. And for instance, Granted, it's Legacy, so the power level is going to be a little bit higher here. But it's Legacy Delver, which is kind of a mid range tempo, but also has an aggro component to it. Uh, I know for a fact that there was one game that I lost the game on turn two. And as soon as I made the mistake that I did on turn two with losing, playing this certain play pattern, I knew right then and there that I lost the game. Heck, I have had that case too in Modern Phoenix, where a play I made on turn two that my opponent had like the counter spell for where if I had jammed, what was it? I think it was like I tried jamming a Tarmogoyf into what I basically knew my opponent had a daze and I didn't have a daze backup. But I kind of just ran Delver out and set up for a Brainstorm flip right after it and been fine. There was just a case of, hey, I knew basically the next one I was going to flip my Delver. If I had just been kind of a more safe, proactive move instead of just, oh man, I'm going to get this Tarmogoyf out and go ham. I could have easily won down the road three four turns later, but because I tried to fight something that I didn't need to fight, if I had just played my cards differently, like I play that delver, I don't need to fight over my Tarmogoyth kind of thing. Yeah. Which I had the I had the way to back up and I basically force of will pitched that delver to the force and then and they had a second counter spell which countered my force and I couldn't pay for things, I end up being three or four cards down in the hand. Whereas if I just played one card out, they might have tried to date they wouldn't have been able to daze it because I would have had the open mana for it. Yeah, it just that kind of thing snowballs, and it could be that case. You're playing burn, and you could try to go jam on turn two. Play your Eidolon of the Great Revel, but instead, your opponent you might need to actually play just that Swift Spear and pass. Yeah, you play
0: Swift Spear out. into Lightning Bolt or whatever. We're not even, we're not what even Lightning Bolt. Just play Swift. But that's spear not even Swift
1: Spear and Swing kind of thing. And then bolt yeah. your opponent on their turn. You might not. You might lose that one point of prowess damage, which can be important, but when you're playing around what your opponent needs to do and stuff like that that's you can goldfish burn no sweat like okay yeah, cool if, let me if, let me if just... every if every game of storm
0: was a goldfish it would be trivial right but you're we don't play magic to play goldfish right, <laughs> we play bro- magic to interact
1: like for instance when i was on infect and it became the most i bought bought an infect right before it became the most popular deck in modern back in like 2015 2016 when like it was the deck everyone was playing all the pros were playing it it had the biggest target on its back because people were calling for bans of Become events, which I, in retrospect, is just goofy. Like think about it, <laughs> five in a green plus six plus six with delve. It does have delve. Yeah, I mean, yes, this is right. People are also still coming off of Treasure Cruise. They're a little gun shy with delve spells, but it was a pump spell. I get it. It's bad, but you're not. You're not like the way that Infect even plays. You're probably not getting that until like turn four anyway. Regardless of the matter, as soon as that deck got like nerfed into oblivion, I picked up another deck that just became the target deck. So I felt bad. This could also be a thing too. Is like, oh, you just picked up the, you're just net decking kind of thing. That's another thing you need to watch out for. Is accusing someone of net decking is not a bad thing. Not everybody has the time to go build a brew. They might see that net deck. For me, like I saw Grixis Death Shadow like the weekend or two before it came out, and like broke out on the SCG scene. I had had most of the Grix's card because I had been building Grix's Delver for the Treasure Cruise thing. It got banned. I still have a large majority of you know, Grix's cards. Oh, now I just punch myself in the face a couple times with fetches and shocks. Sweet, I can get that. No sweat. Let me play. Let me go get these like, Death Shadows, and all of a sudden I'm off to the race with a good mid range deck that just turns out to be the most well rounded deck of the format for a year. People are calling for a ban from that deck too, and it's like. You can call for a card to get banned out of deck and not be deck elitist, but if you're like actively attack or like being derogatory towards somebody specifically, yeah. and,
0: and, and another thing that deck elitism isn't is saying I have the best deck in the room. That's not deck elitism. Deck elitism isn't being like, man, I came into this PTQ or the- into this PTQ with a burn deck and no one was prepared for it. That's not deck elitism. That is just being. A good magic player and reading the room and understanding what you need to do in order to win. Yeah, if you can read if you, you know, can
1: read the meta properly, awesome. Good on you.
0: way to yeah. go. Decalitism is saying, you know, of course you won, you're playing burn. That is decaletism. or you know what I mean? And I just think that the more we speak out when we see it and the and just try to tamp it down, i think the, I think the form, I think that you know the community will just be better in general because there's too much negativity that is around anyways and i we try to be pretty positive here but i mean we'll call people out when we need granted
1: to, I'll, I'll admit but, i've been guilty of being negative in p- spots like this too like if you if yeah so this is me telling you chat or chat oh my god i've been streaming lately oh <laughs> no it's happening our lovely listeners at home there you go uh if you ever see me getting towards this way please call me out on it i do not want to get a rep of being one of those kind of people however Kind of what you, I just want to briefly touch on what you were saying there and kind of flip it around because it actually, the inverse is also true too, John, where, yeah, think about it. You might have the complete wrong meta call on a room, right? You go into a tournament thinking, okay, you might go into unknown meta and be like, oh yeah, I brought my pet deck with me. I'm going to go with infect and all that stuff. And then you happen to walk into a, a very hostile meta that you weren't expecting. And then somebody's like, why the heck would you bring that deck? You are so dumb to bring that deck into the, Like, don't you know, like what everyone's yeah. playing around here? That's the worst possible choice you could have picked for this thing. That kind of thing would make you feel so bad, especially if it's like for me, there would be times I'd go up to Mock's Boarding House. Uh, I was, I think I went for one modern tournament up there. I had no clue what the heck the meta was going to be because that I never went up there all the time. So the meta at that store, very hyper-competitive kind of thing like that. And I just didn't bother watching a couple of their weekly modern games to see, hey, maybe what, what's the meta to expect at this weekly modern event or the weekend modern event as opposed to... Yeah, it, that, it didn't necessarily happen to me, but I definitely brought a deck that was not good against the room and it could have happened to me. Granted, I've been playing a little longer, so I would know how to absorb that kind of thing. But like, let's go back to that example new kid just, you know, purchases his deck, just finally has pulled it together, and it turns out his deck is not great in the meta, his local game store. Somebody tr- trashes him, and now all of a sudden, this this kid who might, like, say it's a young kid, who's like 16, 17 years old, has been, you know, scrapping together stuff, making some trades from a bunch of his cards that he got at pre-releases, taking some money from his weekend job, and his parents have helped him out with. He's finally built this, like, 500 $600 modern deck. Say what you will about the parents letting a kid build a $600 modern deck. Hey, man, that's on them. But then all of a sudden, he takes it to the store, gets that kind of put down. What, what's he going to do with this? Like, does he want to keep playing? Who knows? Maybe the kid's resilient. Maybe he's not resilient. Maybe she's not resilient. Maybe they're not resilient. Like, and I, I know I was using guys a lot. Of that. It couldn't just be a guy, too. Like, deck elitism, you could be like, oh, man, I've, it's not really deck elitism, but just elitism in general. Where yeah. guys have gone in, oh, I got a girl across the table from me. I'm going to win. And then all
0: the. I mean, I've I've definitely had the internal thought of, oh, this is a new guy. I'm going to crush him. I've definitely had that
1: thought. Uh, but, 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 it's just, but, but I'm kind of tying this into decalitism is that like you might go into the yeah. whole thing like, oh, it's a girl. I'm going to beat her. And then you lose, like, oh, your deck is trash after the fact. Oh, you're playing just the best deck and blah, blah, blah. You only won because I did this and this and this. That's another form of elitism, kind of angling at a deck if you're talking trash on their deck too. Also, that's just sexist as hell. Don't do that. Just straight up don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Period. Uh but I had that we kind of do have I I did want to kind of touch on that a little bit when talking about deck elitism yeah. because that kind of thought can absolutely creep into certain players who are more established and more enfranchised and stuff like that. And it's a definitely a bad habit that I, I will admit I've had to break myself of it. Yeah. Like absolutely 100%. I've had to break myself of that habit over the years. And I feel like I've done a decent job. It still creeps up, but I try not to do it. Hell, some of the best games I've ever played against were against women or, uh, non-binary people. I know for a fact that they were, because they had they, them sticker or, Button on, yeah. But like straight up, just like solid games, it should not matter who your opponent is in terms of gender or what they yeah. or if you what they're de- to rail on your reason, opponent because you lost. What their deck is, as long as you had a yeah. good game of Magic, sweet. And if you didn't have a good game yeah, of Magic, if, you, if don't yeah. rail on them on the spot, don't bring them down, don't do that. Yeah,
0: if you decide to rail on your opponent because you lost, you're
1: no get out of my hobby. Yeah, absolutely. But deck elitism, bringing it back onto the topic and stuff like that, just maybe if you see some just remember that everybody was new for at one point
0: and there was something that you saw that wanted that brought you into magic there's something that caught your eye where you were like yes that is that's what i want to do that's why i picked up storm i literally was watching john finkel play storm at pro tour born of the gods on the twitch stream and i'm like that's how i want to play magic yeah i could and that's how i want to play modern and that's why i got the deck
1: together and this you have you have here this learning curve and stuff like that Think about it. Playing a Storm deck is complete is very much different from playing an Infect deck, which is very much different from playing a Grixis Death Shadow deck, which is very much different from playing a Legacy Delver deck in the fact that the angles that these decks can attack on. Heck, even me going between Modern Infect and Legacy Infect, yeah, the same premise is there. I'm going to hit you for 10 and you lose, but I have way more card selection, and I'm more of a, like, I haven't, the win fast is you're more of an aggro control deck as opposed to an aggro. right it's more of a mid-rangey kind of thing where in legacy if i can oops win on turn two cool i have the oops i win on turn two but it's better to not try to push as hard and set up for okay i can push through maybe three points of damage here two points of damage here two points of damage here and then i can trample over for six damage and win because if you try to go too hard into the combo you've wasted too many cards and stuff like that dinking and dunking is more better in legacy whereas modern you have to kind of go for it cuz chips passing in the night in modern is way different than legacy. Mo- modern is more of a show me format. Yeah, show me you got show me you got the response to this, but even then it's and switching over to cube and stuff like that. I know that I've been trying to break myself of my habits in cube, I fall into the blue black x trap where that's my comfort zone straight up. And I try to force myself out of that and I will mess up. People will be like Like, especially if I'm streaming a cube, and I know this has happened too. Oh, that's another thing too. Deck elitism happens in cube drafts and for streamers. (laughs) It's happened to me. That is true. I've drafted like a hoof deck at one point and just completely biffed the line on, I could have played this elf and this dork and done this thing and then that thing and then fetched up the hoof and then one, bam, go. I did it. I win. I didn't do that because I don't have the experience with it and don't diss on somebody for them messing up a deck that you might know the exact perfect line inside and out because you played it 25 times over. They might not have that same experience with it. So,
0: As Uh, someone who only dressed mono white and cube, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) But yeah, no. I have a brand. I have a a brand. Deck elitism can also, (laughs) again, it can tie into. Listen, for example, holiday cubes coming up on the 11th. You can insult.
0: Holiday cubes coming up on the 11th. Do not tell people to force storm. I will f- they will four-storm if they choose. Oh my
1: god, I will four-storm at the end of a 24-hour stream. Oh wait, I've done that. It turned out horribly. <laughs> I miscounted and missed. I was off by one and would have had a brain, brain freeze win at like hour 23 and it just, my brain was not working. Storm storm it at the end of a 24-hour sh- uh, stream is a bad idea. But yeah, no, remember, deck leadism can basically be trashing a deck. It could be trashing the person playing the deck. You could be Insulting and using derogatory terms about a deck after a loss. If you are really salting off hard after a loss, don't say anything. I have had games. Take a deep
0: breath and walk away.
1: I've done that. I have had games where I was ahead and I biffed a thing in game one, stole like stole game two, and then just got destroyed in game three and got knocked out of like a little pod thing and ended up not getting tickets. Basically. It was, hey, do you want to just scoop and split? And they're like, no, no, I want to play it out. And everybody else at your table has split. And you play it out and lose and end up getting like 20 tickets instead of like 300 kind of thing. Yeah. That, the, I, that case, I literally was just like, packed my deck up, put it in the bag, shook, shook the hand, said thanks for the games, packed my stuff up, went up to the table, got my tickets and left and booked it away from that person because I did not want to salt off around anybody. If, you, yeah. if you're going to insult somebody... It- which I was not, but I just didn't want to, I was getting. If you're gonna insult somebody, leave. Just don't do it. Because guess what? You can get kicked out of a tournament for that. Yes, you can. Also, don't alienate new players. Just if you if you be like, oh my god, this matchup is straight horrible, straight trash for me. It's horrible for me, you can do that. But just by all means, don't be insulting of other players. Yeah. There are there are legitimate actual ways you can go about. Talking about the deck matchup and everything like that without pulling this elitist stuff, right?
0: Yeah. And to a similar extent, you know, doing the had all these is kind of in the same vein. Um, But just be mindful and don't just don't be a jerk. Simple as that.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. Really just just be good to each other. Like we need more of that in this game right now. Just straight up, Yeah, especially right now. If you got issues with people, I get it. Sometimes you can, you know, worry about not having to, you know. Certain people can get people away. Will people will rub you the wrong way. Certain people can, like, have stuff roll off their back a little bit better than others can. I got it. Yeah. Look, people will rub you the wrong way
0: because I know I rub people the wrong way sometimes. So, <laughs> and there are definitely people that you rub the wrong way. So, just be mindful of oh, that. Oh,
1: and here's another thing. Just tacking on to this. If you are hanging out with a group of friends and you see them doing something like that, tell them. Pull... Do what we like to do in the army, in as like we call it, is do it offline. So basically, not, for instance, like in line with the troops. You pull them out of yeah, the you pull line, them out of the and line, you take, you take them away. aside, and you don't tell them in front of somebody where you would basically embarrass them by calling them out for it. Be like, hey, yo, can I talk for a sec. What? Yeah, I just went. I got just had something I would have brought up. And you pull them aside, and be like, yo, you were about to like insult that kid, and he's like 15. You're like 20. Don't do that to them, kind of thing. Yeah. Just don't – just do it away from it so you don't embarrass – like because it might embarrass them and then that would might salt them off further. But if you just kind of take them away from the situation, be like, yo, just chill down against your opponent. You got that? Cool. Yeah, but yeah just just well, take them offline. Help your friends out. Help – then they'll help you out. Hopefully, you have a group around you of good people who are willing to do that for you. If you don't – People who will call you out on your BS. Those are, those are the best people to have around you. People who will call you out tactfully on your BS. And that way, you don't have to worry about ever falling into this trap of being with Deculitism. Is that kind of all the yep. stuff you wanted to hit on that, John?
0: Pretty much. I think that kind of nailed it. With that said, Ian,
1: if people wanted to find you on the social medias, where can they do so? Y'all can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. Uh, the dream of ever getting the at D-I-X, just the three letter, is basically dead. They... <laughs> Twitter is releasing a whole bunch of usernames in the next couple of weeks. But the problem is, is that you can't re rename yourself to anything less than four characters. No. So I would have to basically become famous in order to ask Twitter to be like, yo, give me DIX. So maybe someday <laughs> if like I ended up getting partnered on Twitch, I could be like, yo, somebody at Twitter, let me get this for branding. Pur- Help me out let here. me get branding purposes. But that's never going to happen. But speaking of dicks, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix. That's D-I-X. I have been streaming lately. I am so happy to be able to say that. <laughs> Finally! Uh, recently, I've been playing Pokemon Sword. I will still probably be playing Pokemon Sword for the next week or two. I want to try... Once, once the cube comes out, I'll be doing that. But then I'll be going on a holiday break for a little bit. I did just stream a Lego build of the Saturn V Rocket. I'm going to try putting that up on my YouTube channel. That's dixonij or youtube.com slash dixonij d-i-x-o-n-i-j so if you missed that just come check it out it's like four each video is gonna be four hours long they were long streams but it was almost 2,000 pieces it was a fun time so come follow me on twitter or and follow me on twitch and check out the youtubes if you want to do that john you yo where can they find you yes
0: me. You can find me on Twitter at jwiley 129 This JWILEY129. You can also find me on Twitch at the same handle. If you see me around, floating around in any Twitch chats, don't hesitate to say hi. If you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so in one of two ways. You can hit us up on Twitter at Eyes of the Mize, or you can shoot us a more personal question at our email at Eyes of at gmail.com. We would love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time.